you? I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Women With Fire podcast. Today's a big day because I'm sitting across from a hero of mine. So this is Sarah. I get to be your your host for today, and I'm really, really excited to be sitting across from Ashley from Ashley's Fresh Fix. Ashley, give us a little hello. We're so glad you're here. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. We've got a cool, quiet moment this evening where we get to chat, and I feel spoiled because I have actually been in the same room as Ashley before. That is my (laughs) claim to fame a little bit, (laughs) and I learned so much from her in, in that little space there, and this is bound to be not only a great conversation about the role uh, her kids play in her life and her family and her home, but also how you have beautifully intertwined faith just totally fearlessly in your Instagram. So I, I'm going to assume that there are some crazy people that are listening right now that may not know who you are. Can we make that like small assumption? Okay. Ah, that's a big assumption. Um. I'm, my name's Ashley. I run, I guess technically I have a blog, but I think I'm more of a social media person. So I'm primarily on Instagram as Ashley's Fresh Fix. I started about four years ago sharing recipes online and just kind of, at the time I was working on losing some baby weight and just wanted to share like healthy recipes. And so our community was growing really fast and I never had really approached it as a job. And I eventually met this really awesome guy who came to actually look at our house. Our house was for sale and he worked in social media marketing and somehow it got brought up that I had this Instagram account and he was just like, do you realize what you could do with this? Do you realize like the potential? And I honestly had no clue. And so he invited me to lunch and we sat down and talked about it. And it honestly was before a lot of people were using Instagram as an influencer. Like I knew people did businesses um, and I didn't have a business to sell but I did have a really engaged, awesome audience. So he just started talking about how he could work with companies. And anyways, fast forward (laughs) a few years and I have, I call it a full-time job. It's, I'm not working necessarily 40 hours a week, but it is the main work I do. I have this awesome community online. It started as a recipe blog. Now it's very lifestyle. I incorporate a lot of my family and a lot of my faith and I juggle a few different businesses and we're working on an app with an awesome team. I get to do some branding work with people like it's been it's a really fun, really fun job. And I love it. So is this something you set out to do? Like were there signs when you were in middle school and high school and and 20s and stuff like that, that like this girl is is really you you've got to brag a little bit like were you the one that was able to influence your friends for good and you kind of stood out that way and you um just really were able to attract people to you maybe i should interview your kids or something because they they would tell me the truth but were there symptoms that this is what you wanted to do with life or is this like bigger than you ever thought well it's 
you know, I actually remember being in seventh grade and I remember going to a assembly and this career guy came and spoke to us and he said, you know, by the time you guys get into the job force, 60% of you will have jobs that aren't even invented yet. And I remember thinking, what? That's so weird. Like it's doctor, a lawyer, it's a teacher, whatever. And I actually think about that often now because it is so different than I ever would have thought. I actually got a degree in elementary education and I taught for a few years and honestly didn't love it. And there's some amazing teachers out there, but I did not like it. <laughs> and my husband is a teacher too. He still is. And he loved it. And we'd come home at the end of the day and we'd go through our days and he would tell me about all these great experiences and lessons. Granted, he was teaching high school kids and they're a little bit more, you know, able to have a conversation. I was teaching first graders and it felt not that way. <laughs> so I remember I'd had my baby and I worked for a year and I remember quitting. I didn't love teaching. I wanted to stay home with him. And I remember I was reading blogs and I saw people do it, but and I remember being fascinated, but I really felt like there wasn't money in blogs unless you sold a product and I didn't have a product to sell. So I knew about it um, and I just kind of got intrigued by it and it's hard work. I don't think it fell into my lap by any means. I, it's very intentional, um, but it was always something I loved doing. Like I loved sharing. I truthfully started my Instagram account just to share. I had no intentions of growing it into a business. And that's what I tell a lot of people who ask me about starting an Instagram or something like that. I just say, do it if you love it. If it's not something you're loving and you're not really feeling that passion, don't waste your time because you work for a long time before it's profitable. It's a different kind of work in that sense. But yeah, that's kind of how it evolved. But it's very different than I ever thought. When you talk about being a person that was a strong personality, I don't know if that is as true, but I do remember I've always kind of been a leader and I feel a little arrogant saying that, but not so much as everyone should follow me and do what I do, but I would get frustrated in groups of friends when everyone's sitting around like, what should we do? What should we do? I was like, guys, let's just make a plan. Let's just do it. And I also remember in high school feeling like if I didn't make the plan, nothing happened. <laughs> so just kind of that personality type, I guess, where I would be like, okay, let's move forward. Like I'm not a good idle person. So I don't know, maybe a little bit. That makes total, total sense. And I'm kind of astonished by the guy coming and knocking on your door, being a social media manager. Like that's yeah. nuts. Like that's really, that's so nuts. So what do you tell people that, have not yet had a social media manager knock on their door. Like, is this, I what, mean, now, yeah. what do you think? Nowadays, the information is available everywhere you go. Like you can download, there's lots of awesome people who teach courses on growing an Instagram and monetizing an Instagram. I actually wrote a couple eBooks a couple years ago about it. Um, there's a lot of information out there now. So I feel like now it's actually really attainable knowledge. You can, you can figure it out. Like jennacoocher.com is one of my favorites. She's an awesome social media resource girl. But yeah, at the time it was not that well known. And I really had no clue. And he had sh he'd showed up to buy our house. He never ended up buying it actually, but he was looking through it and it was just a conversation. And it really, I do kind of feel like it was very well-timed and really good luck. <laughs> so are you, would you consider yourself a risk taker that this was something you were like, Oh, totally. Let's do this. Or were you, are you more like, 
I probably already know the answer to this, but do you sit back and is it like pros and cons <laughs> and this big discussion and you're fasting and praying? Like, what are you like when those kinds of decisions come? Honestly, I don't really get to, I don't get in that space very often where I can't make a choice. What I felt like I normally do, my personality type is just to start something that feels right. And if at one point I'm moving along and it doesn't feel good anymore, I'll just stop and move back. And I don't really have a ton of regrets because I think that even, you know, quote unquote, the wrong choice is still the right choice in a lot of ways because you figure out that's not what I wanted to do or that's not the path I wanted to take. And so you figure out really quickly, okay, that didn't work out. And then you go back and try something else instead of trying one thing that might have been the right thing initially and having some regrets like, oh, I wish I would have given that a shot or what if I had done this? Like, I feel like there's lots of things I tried that didn't work out. I actually, in between all this, when I was growing my Instagram account, I owned a tutoring company that I bought and it failed horribly. Like it, I took out a big loan for it. I paid for it. I was paying it off for four years, losing money every month on it. Like there, not everything was going, going well by any means, but that was something I went toward and realized pretty quickly it was not going to work out within about a year. I realized it just was not panning out. There was a lot of restrictions on how you can advertise to school students because you can't advertise in a school. And there was just, it was a really hard business to sell. But so I actually, I had gone down that road. I owned this business and it was still running, but definitely not making money. And then I ended up doing the Instagram stuff. And for a while, that was like paying my business loan for this dying business until it was done. And then literally the month the loan was paid off, we closed it. I just, it wasn't worth my time anymore, but I definitely wanted to pay it off. I didn't want it to be this looming thing in my life, but I honestly can say I don't even regret that because I learned a lot and buying a business was a big deal. I definitely learned that I wanted to build my own. Um, I think that building a business, you have a lot more heart in it than when you buy something that's already built. And I just never really had the emotional attachment to that company that I do to the things I do now. So this yeah. is so fascinating to me because you're sort of breaking the rules for me a minute, you know, for a minute, I've been in business for forever. And one of the things I feel like is taught over and over, and I want to know your opinion on this, is that especially if you're kind of community based and customer based, you know, customer service based and everything, that consistency is key. Right. I mean, for blogging and, and SEO and visibility and all those kinds of things. And so I hear you talking about, well, I, I try this and if it doesn't work, I just stop doing it. And I try this and, and, and that doesn't seem to be right. My heart is like jumping <laughs> out of its skin because I'm like, really? So this is possible? It's possible to explore? Because I feel like a lot of the people we, we mentor are scared, are scared to explore. So what's your message there? Well, I think it all goes back to, I've done a lot of personal branding work in the last um, couple years. I don't know if you follow Allison Faulkner that does the Allison show. We are really great friends and she has just like opened my mind to what a brand is. And I think at the end of the day, I have this really solid why. I know why I'm doing the work I do. And so if it attaches to my why, I feel fine about it. So even though like we kind of think about it like a tree and if my trunk is my why, if the branches kind of fall because they didn't work as well as I wanted them to, I still feel like I'm serving my purpose. 
And so I just don't have as many regrets about it. So I would say to anyone building a business, figure out why you're building that business. Um, and it's usually never about the product you're selling. That's like really not important, but why you're putting your time and energy into building something. And for me, I felt like I've been trying to build like a connection based business, um, around acceptance, making people feel accepted. So even when I had, um, things I was trying that wasn't working, I can still kind of go back to my roots and know that I was fulfilling what I thought I was called to do. So I felt good about it. So your why is self-acceptance. That's your goal. Have you always known that or has that been with your work the past couple of years of learning about branding that you've really discovered the real why behind what you do? Yeah, it's definitely been in the last couple of years. But once I realized it, it's something that's always been there. But it was really, really pivotal to define it and have it like this tangible thing because I think it was up there floating in the air. I just never realized what it was. And in doing the work and figuring it out, yeah, it's kind of acceptance, like self-acceptance, but also just accepting other people and just being like an open heart. And yeah, so it's, it's great now. But yeah, it took some time to kind of figure that out. Do you feel like there are incorrect wise or wise that you would avoid going into business for dangerous wise I don't know how to word it what's your Honestly, thought on that the only thing that I think is the wrong reason to go into business is money <laughs> which no I know sounds way. crazy serious <laughs> I, yeah I really do like I don't think I think at the end of the day if your only motivating factor is money it's not going to work out because you have no emotional attachment to your cause or to your business and if you, you need to find the really perfect balance of being attached enough to care, um, but not being so attached that you take things personally if it doesn't go the way you want it to. I just think at the end of the day, if you're motivated by money, especially people building businesses, if you're motivated by money, you could go walk into any store and get a job, but you've chosen to build your own business. There's a reason for that. People who are entrepreneurs are, the, have you ever heard the quote that's like, entrepreneurs are the only people who will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. <laughs> so like there's no, way, there's oh, yeah. no way this is easier. Like things might be really profitable for me for right now, but I pretty much feel like I worked for free for at least two and a half years before I ever made a dime. And you know, I'm like, if I put all the time I put into it, I could have made money a lot quicker, a lot of other ways. So the only one that I would say is wrong is money. <laughs> Wow. And if we lose listeners on our podcast, thanks to Ash. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not here. No. Really care about money. Like, of course we care about money, but I feel like the roots of your business can't be about money. And do you, at what point do you walk away and say, maybe this isn't for me? Have you ever thought about that? When is that okay? Yeah. I think that if it's not serving your purpose or I kind of think about it with my family. I feel like there is a price to the time it takes away from my family. And if it's something that meets the end goal of what my goal is for my family, then I'm okay if it takes some time away because I know that I'm in the long run, I know I'm serving them. But if it's something that is wasting my time is wasting my resources and I'm just not feeling connected to it anymore, that's when I know it's time to walk away. And that's why, honestly, leaving that tutoring company was a really easy thing for me to do because I wasn't connected anymore. And 
honestly, I never was connected in the first place. It just felt like something I should do because it made sense. But yeah, I think once it's drained resources and time from my family and it hasn't contributed to the long-term goal, then it just doesn't not, is not something I want to stick with. So I love that. And you mentioned the word earlier about how your, your social media and your business is very intentional Mm -hmm. in, in what you do and how you go about it. And I'm also sensing that same thing that, you know, how you spend your time and when you're away from your family, that's a very, intentional decision. And many of our listeners may not know that you now have a space outside Mm -hmm. of your home that's a workspace, right? Yeah. Tell us how, so that's kind of a big step, I feel like. Tell us how you made that decision and what, how that was intentional. Yeah. It was a really big leap for me. It was honestly, at the end of the day, I just had to be honest with myself about the kind of mom I was as a working from home mom. And it was a hard thing to change my mindset on because I had left teaching full time to be home with my kids. And so it felt insane to go leave them again and go work. And I felt like, well, I can be home with them. So why would I go like I can get work done at home. But I just had to be honest. And I was like, okay, when I'm trying to be mom and Ashley's Fresh Fix at the same time, everyone's not getting the best version of me. My kids are getting the hurry and play this iPad or watch this TV show while I'm trying to answer these emails. And the emails are rushed and not as thought out. And the work is rushed and not as thought out. And my kids are being put in front of screens way too much. And if they would interrupt me while I was doing something, I could like snap at them and get frustrated. And it just was not like working at home wasn't working out. And um, I felt like it got to the point where I was halting my business. I felt like I would try to mix both all day and it just wasn't mixing. And then we, I would stay up so late at night with my husband, we'd be hanging out and I would just be on my laptop all night until one or two in the morning. And then I would go to sleep and I wasn't getting enough sleep. And then of course you're not nice when you're running on zero sleep. And I wasn't spending quality time with my husband. We were sitting next to each other on the couch with our laptops, <laughs> but like, we're not really like talking and stuff, you know, I mean, things, things were fine. Our marriage wasn't on the rocks or anything, but you want to spend more quality time. So I just had to be honest about what the reality was of like a working at home mom for me. There's lots of moms who can probably juggle it better. And honestly, if kids are at different ages, it might've been more manageable. But with, I had two little kids at home who weren't really napping anymore. And it just my schedule was just not it wasn't working. I didn't have time during the day to do anything. So I just kind of decided that if I could work two or three days a week, which is what I do right now, and I go to work and I work so hard, those hours are spent just like plowing through stuff, I can get through so many emails, I can get through so many phone calls. And then when I'm home, I'm just home and I'm not checking my phone and I'm not answering emails and I try really hard not to schedule any meetings or phone calls on the days I'm home and I try and then also when my kids go to bed I can just hang out with my husband and I'm not up all hours of the night working and so it was it was a big leap but it honestly changed so much I feel like I'm not as frustrated with my kids I feel like I get more sleep I feel like my work is better so but I do remember feeling like that was a really hard choice at the beginning. For sure. And how how hard you have worked to create an accepting community and then having to go through your own 
sort of acceptance of, of yeah. honesty. That is so refreshing to me. So refreshing, those kinds of moments of honesty. Tell me what kind of a role God played. You are a woman of faith, very clearly online. Tell me what kind of a role God played in you accepting you as mom and wife. <laughs> I just saw your Ezra Tep Benson quote, and I'm like, Ah, oh, she's so awesome all the time. Tell us what role he plays in your own self-acceptance. You know, I feel like I'm a really good prayer. I'm honestly not as good with scriptures as I should be, but I pray several times a day. I feel like I always have a prayer in my heart. I pray every morning. I pray every night. I pray with my kids a couple times. And I feel like to the to the best that I'm able to, I feel like I kind of always have a prayer in my mind or I'm just trying to like run my ideas and things by God, you know, like this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. And it definitely feels like a constant communication. Um, I feel like I sometimes feel like I have to like pinch myself and wake up that I have these awesome kids and a great husband. And I have this amazing opportunity to share what I love online and that people actually listen is still so bizarre to me. Sometimes I'm like, what? I don't know why they're here, but, um, you know, I do feel from a very young age, I felt like I would be a missionary. And I felt like that was a calling in my life. And then when I turned 21, I thought about going on a mission and I just could not get on board with it. I wasn't, I wasn't dating any, I didn't get married till I was 23. Like it was, it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't, I honestly hadn't even picked out a school major. I didn't have any track, but I just like could not, I never felt like I needed to go. So Anyways, but I keep, I would think a lot about how, and I, you know, I'd gotten blessings and stuff like that that talked about missionary work. And I just felt for a long time, like, what was that about? But honestly, now more than ever, I feel like this is my missionary work. And I feel like my family's a missionary family. And I feel like we have this crazy, crazy opportunity and blessing to be sharing what makes us happy as a family. And that's the gospel. And the fact that we are an eternal family, and I think the fact that I love my role as a mother and a wife, and I see it as hands down the greatest blessing. And I think that the more I share that online and the more I share, you know, I think it's good for people to see different versions of Mormon people. And I feel like I'm a different version in a lot of ways because I am working or I'm not, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of different varieties of LDS people that people want to see. And, um, I'm always really flattered when people ask me questions about the church and they feel like they're okay to ask me that. And, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, I just really feel like this time in our lives is a time for me and my family. And I tell my kids the same thing because they know that I share a lot online and I'm always, especially with my older two, I'm always really good to like Hey, I'm going to post this online. Do you guys care? Like, I just want them to feel like they have some say in it. But I do tell them, I'm like, we have this really awesome opportunity to talk to people about the things we love and that, you know, and that includes the church and that includes, you know, bike riding or whatever it is. But I just think, and they're really excited about it too. So it's fun for them. So what's, what's your thought? I, I love so much about how you're realizing well, you're bringing to our realization that, you know, the foundation of what you really have is your faith. And I think yeah. that's so powerful. Was it a gutsy move for you to 
to share your faith and to be honest about it and to quote it and to have that be such a part of your Instagram? Like, have you gotten backlash about it or has it really been a super positive experience? Um, way more positive than negative. There's been a couple little comments on the side. I'll have people send me links. They'll like slide into my direct messages and be like, just so you know, Mormons are the worst. And they'll send me links. stuff. Like, and I was just I'm like, well, thanks for your feedback. Like, it's just kind of funny, but I would say that I I'm always really careful with what I post online that it could apply to a lot of people. Um, and it can be quotes by prophets and scriptures out of the book of Mormon, but I always want to make sure it's a message that resonates with people, any, any person, it doesn't have to be and even any religion, but also people who aren't of faith, you know, that they can see something that they can resonate like the love of the savior and those kind of things. So I make sure, and honestly, I feel like I'm often directed to those, to that kind of content. I'll read something that really stands out and I don't even feel like I'm searching for something that meets my criteria, but often I'm like, Oh yeah, this would be a great thing to share. So, um, yeah, I feel like for the most part, it's been really positive, but the initial leap was a little scary. Like I remember, I don't even remember what it is now, but I remember the first time considering posting about it and feeling like, well, you know, you don't want to miss mix business and church and whatever. But at, I think at one point I just felt like I would test the waters <laughs> and see how it went. And it's, it's honestly never gone horribly. So and the more I do it, I, I absolutely know the more I do it, the more um, opportunities we have. I feel like, I just feel like that's at the end of the day why I'm there. And so of course, I'm not going to be talking about the, the Book of Mormon and all that stuff 24 hours a day on my Instagram. But I feel like I want people to know whether they are LDS or not. I want them to know that God loves them. And I want them to feel that light in their life. And I want them to see that you know, by, by that truth that that's how I found my happiness and my own self-acceptance. And, um, I hope they can feel that through my feed. There is no other time on the world in the world. You know, I mean, I just think about the, the opportunities that we have and I just love how you are pushing it to the max to influence. I just think it is the coolest, coolest thing. And you, you're so brave that way. And I'm so grateful um, that I get to watch you. I mean, I get to be part of this and see what you're doing. It's so great. And, and I have to put you on the spot a little bit because, um, when, when I got to, to hear you talk recently, um, you shared an experience about some of the tragedies around the world that had been happening and some really incredible things that happened because you're a doer, because you're like a make the decision Ask God if he's on board and make it happen. And I have never forgotten the story. So would you mind sharing um, this awesome story that you shared when I got to be in the same space as you? Yeah, um, I was, I honestly had like the dumbest thing happened. I had like felt, I honestly had just felt left out of something in my neighborhood, which is so dumb. But I'm like, I'm a woman who got offended. I didn't get invited somewhere like that's really what happened and it's so it's so dumb thinking about it but I remember that day just feeling bad about myself like oh I really felt left out of this situation but and I just wanted to turn it around I was like okay let's just do something to serve and I opened Instagram and the first thing I saw was people posting the things they were doing for Hurricane Harvey 
And a lot of people were dropping off, were dropping off stuff in semi trucks. And so my initial thought was like, Oh, I want to go drop off some stuff at a semi truck. Like, I think that sounds great. I'll go buy some diapers. I'll go drop it off at someone's semi truck. Then I thought, Oh, even better. If someone has a semi truck, I can share online and I can get even more people to go donate stuff. And so I got online and I just said, I need a semi truck. Like who needs help? And honestly, I had a couple of text messages come through and I said, Hey, I would love to share. And they're like, no, don't share. Our truck is full. No, don't share. Our truck is full. Like everyone was telling me no. And I was like, that's so weird. Cause I had had this feeling that I was supposed to go put something on a truck. <laughs> and so I was like, well, there's no trucks. And so I just prayed. I, I was in my little boy's room and I just prayed. I was like, heavenly father, I need a truck. Like, I just want to go put some diapers on a truck. And anyways, so I, it was a couple hours later and my friend, and I hadn't found a truck. I hadn't found one. And Kate, my friend Kaylee Wright called me. She's also does Instagram. And she said, Hey, I had, and she swears to this day that she hadn't even seen my Instagram post where I was begging for someone to tell me where their truck was. And she calls me and she said, Hey, my dad owns a trucking company and I need someone to help me organize and get it filled. Do you think you'd want to help me? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I need a truck. But then <laughs> the stress comes up like, Oh, I didn't want a whole truck. I just wanted to put something on someone else's truck. <laughs> And so I was like, okay, so at first, and this is kind of just my personality at first, I'm thinking, well, how hard can it be? Like, it's a semi truck, like we'll get some water bottles, like it just felt like it would be actually kind of easy. And so I, you know, I asked some people, I put it up online that we needed some stuff. And we rounded up a bunch of influencers to spread the word. And I remember thinking if we can get $10,000, that would be amazing. Like if we could get $10,000, We'll totally fill up that truck. It'll be awesome. And um, anyways, we had about $10,000. The money was coming in. And then I think, I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember what amount we got to beforehand. But we ended up, I think we maybe got to like twenty dollars or $30,000. And just feeling like we had like totally conquered this. <laughs> and so we went the day of. There was a lot of coordinating to do. We had to find like a receiving a shipping dock that you could actually back a semi truck up. So you can't just park it in a church parking lot and go drop boxes. You have to have like a forklift. And but really miraculously, the things started falling into place. I happened to remember this company I'd worked with a long time ago, and they had a forklift and a shipping dock. And it happened to be, I think it was Labor Day weekend, maybe or Memorial Day. I don't remember, but it was a holiday weekend, so. Monday, they actually didn't have any shipments coming. So their dock was actually open and that like never happens. And so they had all their workers there. So we started, we started getting it full. And I remember in the midst of all this chaos and people sending us money, this wonderful woman sent me a direct message and she said, I lost my baby last night to SIDS and I need to donate these diapers. And I remember just being like, feeling like that gut drop feeling like, oh my, oh my goodness. And honestly, my first reaction is I didn't want to go get them because it felt like it would be really hard emotionally. And I just felt like, how can I comfort a woman that just lost a baby yesterday? And how can I go take something from her? Like it all just felt very uncomfortable to me. But I just knew, I just knew that if she was sending me this message, it needed to happen. And she just said, like, I need these diapers to serve 
someone. And I was honestly just floored with like her ability to really be in the midst of like some major, major heartbreak and still be thinking of other people. And, um, we went to Costco that day with the people that we were organizing things with. And I actually hadn't heard from her in like a day. I had told her like, I can come get them from you. Um, but I hadn't heard from her because that was actually the day of the funeral from if I remember correctly. And she ended up texting me that night. She said, you can come get them. Um, you can come to my house. And, you know, I remember feeling really nervous driving to her house. And I remember walking up to her doorstep and just being feeling like, Heavenly Father, please help me to know what to say to her because I just did not know what to say. I didn't know her. And I, you know, one thing I noticed when I got to her house is she had this big, beautiful home. And I was like, she probably has the circumstances to just send us money. This is not about the money. This is about the actual transfer of these diapers to babies who needed it. And it was not about money. And because I had thought maybe it would be easier if she wants to donate, she could Venmo. Like I remember I had these thoughts in my head, which I feel so guilty even saying now, but just knowing walking up the doorsteps that it wasn't about money. It was about these diapers needed to go to Texas. So I walked up to the door and she opened the door and like automatically I was just like filled, filled with love for her. And I didn't know her. And I just started bawling, even though I was even told myself, I'm not going to cry because I'd heard people say like when they're going through a tragedy, they don't want to have to comfort you comforting them. And so I remember, I remember just telling myself, I'm not going to cry. She's not going to have to feel bad for me, but I, I couldn't stop it. I just like, I just felt so much love for her. And she showed me a picture of her little boy. And honestly, we didn't talk a lot. There wasn't a lot of talking. Um, but I just, I felt her heart and I knew what she was doing was so huge. And I felt so insanely lucky that I got to be the person to help with that. And I just felt so ridiculous for being nervous about it because I was like, this is the most incredible opportunity to help this heartbroken mother and also to help babies in Texas. Like it just felt like this incredible opportunity. And I still, you know, we're still in touch on Instagram. I, I've been able to follow her family and she's just really a, a great human. And it was just a really moving experience. So anyways, we took the diapers, we went to go load the truck. And the next day we went to go load the truck. And I, we spent all day like loading up everything, forklifting. And we had about an hour left and we realized the truck was only half full and we'd gotten everything. And it was only half full. And we started stressing because we thought we had so much stuff, like literally towers and towers of so much stuff. People were dropping off um, their donations and we had cash coming in. And we honestly were just like, what are we going to do? So we just got on Instagram and we just started begging, you guys, we have this truck and you guys have been so amazing, but we don't want to send a half full truck. Like if you have anything send money to us. We will get, we're going to run to Costco. And it was really cool because we raised another $20,000 in like an hour and people just start dropping money in like crazy. And it was such a testament to how good people are. And we were able to take that money to Costco and buy so much water. And we filled the rest of the truck with water and it like tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of water bottles. And we literally filled up to the very back. It was like the perfect amount of stuff. 
It ended up being almost $60,000 in donations from what we could count. It was bananas, but it was honestly one of the, I, I literally can't think of a cooler thing I've been able to be a part of. And it wasn't about, oh, I'm so cool. I did this. It was about like literally being the hands of God. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Like being able to serve people who needed it and being so directed. Like it was just a really incredible opportunity and it showed some of the amazing light that social media can bring. And yeah, it was just amazing. I will never forget the feeling I felt when you told that a while ago and then also hearing it again. There just is, there are no words for for seeing the hand of God that way and just being yeah. so grateful that yeah. that you got to somehow be there. So let me, let me dig with you a little bit. One of the things that you said is, look, I am looking at my notes. I was a woman who, who was feeling left out in my neighborhood. Okay. You hadn't been invited to something. And I know you're like, really? I just told that whole story and you're going to pull that one quote out of my story. I have a reason. Okay. I have a reason. I think that many of our listeners are feeling left out of God's work. Mm -hmm. And you are so awesome to recognize when you're in God's work and to be a part of it. And you obviously have some very tangible things that you can kind of look to as far as followers and, oh, let me ask you about, you know, your faith and all these kinds of things. But what about those women who are resonating with your whole story for sure, but also resonating <laughs> with that sentence saying, I am feeling left out. Like mm -hmm. God feels distant to me. I want to be part of this. I want to be part of his work. What would you tell them to do? Well, the, you know, those kind of stories about the truck and stuff like that, those are like these big grander stories. But honestly, nothing in my life has ever been quite as impactful as that moment. And I didn't lack a testimony before that. I just think that you really, you may or may not have something that big happen in your life. And I just think that the best thing you can do is focus on the small stuff. Like if you look around you, there are blessings all around you. There are people you can impact all around you. But I think sometimes, and that was the funny thing about this thing I got left out of <laughs> my neighborhood because my husband was like, you have plenty of friends. I'm like, I know it's not about that. It's just about like, they didn't even think to call me. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't even that it was just that feeling of being left out, you know? And it was so ridiculous because I am, I am not someone I would like to think I'm normally not like that, but I think that feeling is real and it's valid because we're human and you always want to feel like you're wanted somewhere and you always want to feel like you're included, but it just might not be that way sometimes. And so the first thing you need to do, to do is not focus on what's not happening for you or who's not inviting you or what you're not involved in, but focus on what you are involved in. Because there are opportunities, I believe so strongly there's opportunities somewhere, whether it's with a family member or whether it's with your next door neighbor you haven't met or whether it's, I mean, there's a million people we, I mean, not a million people you interact with in a day, but hopefully even someone at a grocery store, like saying hi to them, being kind, asking them about their day. I really believe that people are placed in our lives for a reason. And I feel like we'll never really know what that reason is until we try and it just, I feel like it's a really bad space to get in when you're like thinking that scarcity mentality, like I don't have any options. There's nothing out there for me. When you just try to think abundantly, like 
I am a tool in God's hands. And I, if you're praying with an open heart, like I will do whatever I'm supposed to do. I'm going to look through this lens of heavenly father loves this person. How can I serve them? I think if you really focus on that stuff and that's where, um, those moments can come from. I think that's a fabulous, fabulous start for a lot of people. A lot of people. You're so genius. Is it this way for you all the time? No, it takes so much work. I'm still convincing myself. I'm not mad about not getting invited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It resonates so deeply with many of us. And now a small break. A word from those who make this podcast possible. This podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all. Email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. So who, who really was your, who was your foundation of your, of your faith? I mean, I want to give you credit for building your own faith, but who built the foundation for you? I honestly was really fortunate to have a lot of people. I can't even think of exactly one person. I grew up in a family, both my parents had really strong testimonies. And as a family, we went through some really hard stuff growing up, just some like really kind of crisis situations with one of my siblings and I think it kind of from a young age I saw the miracles of prayer and the miracle of just God in our family and so I think all of my siblings and both of my parents I always just grew up with it was always very present in my life my parents tried their hardest nothing was ever perfect you know but I always felt like they tried their hardest to teach us and I had a a really good group of friends growing up that I think was impactful and still to this day, I'm in contact with a few of them. And I don't, I really do feel like, honestly, I feel like everyone around me, which is almost so spoiled of me to say, (laughs) but like, it really was a blessing that I had all these people. And I think that it actually has been good for me to have more people in my life that aren't of faith because then it's also a little eye opening, like, Oh, okay. I'm able to like get into some more conversations with people that have different beliefs and different opinions and still feel like my own testimony really, really strong while having those conversations with people. Because honestly, it wasn't something that I was around much until I was probably in my twenties. But yeah, I honestly can't think of a specific person. I think just in general, I was surrounded by people of faith. And I think, I think it just kind of was always in me. I remember once when I was 16 or 17, I don't know, I went to girls camp. And I remember I was having, I don't know, some little like teenage, like, I don't know what I'm doing. What's the purpose? Like, dramatic episode. 
And I remember one of my young women's leaders and one of my good friends, mom, actually, she just said, you know, this, yeah, of course, you know, this, like, she was like, what are you talking about? And I think about that a lot. She was like, don't talk yourself out of it. Of course, you know, this, like things are good for you. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I think about her a lot whenever I get a little frustrated, you know, if I don't understand something, I'm just like, I know it. I really do. Like it's in, it's in my bones. It's in my heart. It has been my whole life. And when I know when I'm working harder at it, I feel that testimony even stronger. And so, yeah. So is that going to be your legacy with your kids that you know, this, you know, this, <laughs> hopefully, man, I, I don't know. I hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so marvelous. It's so marvelous, Ashley. So you have just been a phenomenon. I'm so grateful that we've been able to pick your brain for the last little bit and, and look under the hood of your business a little bit and of your testimony <laughs> and, and all those kinds of things. And, and I do, I do want to end with one question that actually came from one of our followers. We always like to kind of open it up to them and say, what would you ask Ashley? And the first question they all want to know is how does she do it all? Oh How my does she God. do it all? She does so much. So do you have like a, do you have an answer to that? I'm sure you get asked that a lot. That's the worst. Oh no, honestly, don't feel bad. But that's always the question I feel the worst about because I feel like I'm not doing an accurate job of representing if people think I'm doing it all. <laughs> because I'm not like, I'm just a regular person. I do, I do work hard. Like what I do is time consuming, but I also have a lot of people helping me behind the scenes. Like I have an assistant full time who's working with me. I have a lot of the projects that I juggle. I have, I have teams of people. So for the app, there's like 15 people working on it for the products. I sell on Amazon with my sisters. There's three other people working on it for the branding work I do with Allison. She actually does most of the work and I'm more helping her. Like there's, there's lots of people helping me. So it might seem, I try to be open about that. Like, I'm not doing it all. And I just feel bad if people would ever compare and think that like, oh, like she does so much more than I do. And I, I tell, I had one of my sister-in-law's comment something along the same lines, like you are so busy. I'm like, I bet you're just as busy as me. You just don't document it all day long. <laughs> it's just, it just, the nature of my work is so different because I share so much, but honestly, like I am busy. That's for sure. I think people, there's that quote going around that says, like, don't glorify busy or something like that. You know, don't glorify it. And I feel like I'm the opposite. I try to pretend I'm not as busy. <laughs> but I I am busy. I'm working hard. But I'm not. Like, we all have 24 hours in a day. I sleep regularly at night. Like, I have a lot of help. And as, from, as far as the business perspective goes, it took money to make money, if that makes sense. It took investing and other people and help and paying people. Sometimes I was paying other people and I wasn't getting paid, but like it took a while to get to where I'm at now, where I do have a lot of help and it like the business can pay a bunch of people and still pay me. Like it just, it took a while to get there. So, but there's a lot of people helping me on the back. I love I that so much. No, that's so critical. And I do think that you are honest. You talk about your team. I mean, you're okay. you're very very open that there's more than one person that's that's fighting the good fight with you for sure. I think you're really really good about that, and I think the thing people can latch onto here, um, if you're feeling like she's doing it all, and you're like, wait, I I'm one person or whatever, is that you you did start from scratch, 
and yeah. and you have kind of reached this point. And don't you think you appreciate teams of people a lot more than so doing it all on your own? So much. And really, the way things work in this kind of business is because I've started from things once, it might look like I'm still spitting out all this stuff, but there's a lot of stuff that I've created content for that I can reuse and repurpose. Like there's a lot of stuff that I may have made a long time ago that I'm able to reuse and bring up again. And there's lots, I mean, everything that's happening isn't happening real time. I don't know if a lot of people understand that in blogging, but if you see like a picture of a recipe, I most likely made it like two weeks ago. Like it's just like things, I do a lot of bulk mass planning where like I'll take a bunch of pictures for a day and I'll use that content for a long time. But yeah, I think the more you build, the more like systematic everything becomes. And so it might seem like more is going on than actually is, which is great because <laughs> you want to hopefully not have all, if all that stuff really was going on at the same time, it would be stressful, but for sure, for sure. So in closing, I love how you talk about how it became more systematic and you've been through this journey to kind of figure it out and you're planning ahead. How does that mirror how you nurture your faith? I do think I've had to get more intentional about about being in tune with my faith because life is busy. Like I have four kids, I have this business, I have a lot going on. And I think that while it is the root, sometimes I think it's so easy to get distracted and it's so easy to get to prioritize, you know, not correctly and focus and do other things first. And it's the oldest Sunday school lesson of all time where they put in the tennis balls and the beans. And I like that visual lives with me every day. And so I do try really hard to wake up in the morning and pray. And I listen to scriptures. I'm not as good with actually pulling out a book of Mormon, but I listen to scriptures usually when I'm doing my makeup and hair in the morning. And I kind of just make that like my tennis ball. Like I have to get that done in the morning before I'm checking social media, even before I get to my kids. And I will say this right now, this would not have been possible two years ago, but right now I can do that before my kids wake up. But when my kids were little, there was nothing on the planet that would wake me up before my kids. <laughs> like they would, they would definitely wake me up. But now they all sleep. They're all well rested. So I can wake up in the morning. I don't feel like a zombie. I can actually do if I try to get ready and have about 30 minutes to myself every morning before they wake up. But I will say I hated people that said that when I had little kids. I'm like, no, I'm too tired. I'm not waking up early. <laughs> You just think you are a totally different woman than me. When when I used to hear people say that, I'm like, forget it. I'm not built like you, you know? <laughs> uh, it's about that. Like, it's really the mentality of like, you have to take care of yourself. Like you have to prioritize yourself and your faith and your health because like, if you don't, it's going to get run over. And I'm, I feel like I'm lucky that I have seen very two different sides of myself when I am prioritizing those kind of things. And when I'm not, and I am able to recognize so much more, so many more positive experiences when I am and just the way I feel. And even the way my kids function, the way I interact with them, like every, literally everything goes better when I prioritize those things in my life. Am I perfect at it? Like absolutely not. But I do believe at the end of the day, God knows I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. Yes. And I could talk to you forever. I swear I could just talk to you forever. You've got my brain going a million miles an hour. And I saw this blog post just recently, and this is going to date the podcast. And oh, well, that's so be it. 
Um, I saw this blog post title and I want to know your response. And that is that self-care. So self-care is being talked a lot about, I feel like, with women, the importance of taking care of ourselves, which I think is huge. But the title was self-care is more than bubble baths and wine. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that's true? Like when you think of self-care for yourself, do you picture Netflix binging? I mean, is that part of self-care to you? Is that... Like, and, and be honest, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. Yeah, no, I honestly think it's whatever feels right to you. Like to me, self-care is like a little bit more productive than that. But I also think there, like, I feel better at the end of the day if I move, like almost I'd rather check emails than sit in a bathtub and on not because like I feel like that's wasteful, but that's almost more relaxing to me to check off stuff off a list. That's just my personality type. But I feel like self-care is doing what feels right for you to like just chill out and calm down for a little bit. And sometimes for me, like I love listening to podcasts and I love those kind of things. But also sometimes I'll notice that my brain gets really overwhelmed and I just need to listen to like calm music because I feel like sometimes I'm such a multitasker. Like if I drive somewhere, I need to be learning. I need to be consuming awesome content. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't need this right now. I need something chill. And sometimes I do just want to watch Netflix and not do anything. So I think it's kind of trying to get in tune with yourself. Like, what do I need today for self care? Do I need Netflix and not wine? Cause we wouldn't drink <laughs> <laughs> a humongous diet Coke. I mean, I justify that pretty much every day of my life. But <laughs> just, you know, self care in a can, right? Self care in a can. Right. For real. That is all I need. So I can't judge them if wine is what they need to get through. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And and truthfully, I've never had anybody on the podcast that has talked about that their way to chill out is to answer emails. So you you are first, my dear friend. Do you know, it was actually really I enjoy emails. I'm crazy, but I like emails. And it was hard, a hard thing for me to hire out because I just want to know what's going on all the time. And it was what something that one of my business friends recommended. She's like, you need to stop it. It takes so much of your time. So anyways, I've tried really hard to back away from emails. And but it's just hard. <laughs> it's just personally hard. Oh, you are the best. You are the best. Well, we well, just love you at the Women with Fire. We just think you're such a force for good, optimism, love, acceptance. You're doing all those great things. And I'm so grateful that you would take the time to come and share everything with us. And if you need more of Ashley, which you do, you do need more of Ashley. You can find her on Instagram at Ashley's Fresh Fix. You can also find her at ashleysfreshfix.com. We'll have them in the show notes as well as all those fabulous quotes about her being offended and all sorts of really good things, right? we'll get some great quotes don't you worry so um ashley thank you so much for your amazing time and for being on the podcast today thank you for having me hey thanks for listening to the women with fire podcast your support means a lot to us in fact your support is what makes this podcast possible if you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.